0: I'm Kevin O'Coin and I'm Brian Ackley and this is Life in the Rough, the podcast. Yes, indeed we do. We are here. We are here again. Uh, Kevin, the weeks are getting better and better. Um, I'm, I'm just filled with excitement. We had a great week. We got together to for some virtual golf. Um, so, I mean, can't can't beat that. Um, I mean, it, you could beat it. We could be playing golf outside together. But for sure. But, um, you know, I'll take what I can get. Yeah, absolutely. It was a pleasure to see you. Uh, You know what? I'm feeling a little bit more optimistic. I feel like the weeks are starting to get better. Like a week or two ago, it was legit like zero degrees here. Like I didn't even want to walk outside, but today Mm -hmm. it was like mid to high 20s and I couldn't help but feel like spring is right around the corner. Oh, it got up to the 40s today here. Um, Really? We got like three inches of snow last night overnight and uh, it was able to melt it, so. I'm pretty uh pretty pleased with that actually wow yeah that sounds nice i mean i i didn't like feel the need to have to and maybe maybe it's more like two and a half inches two inches but i it wasn't enough where i'm gonna go snow blow it and we don't aren't really going anywhere um obviously right now so i was like i'll let that i looked at the weather on my phone real quick i was like nope she's gonna warm up she's gonna melt i'm gonna stay down here with charlotte and we're just gonna relax that's a very good idea that's a very very good idea um yeah, but no, getting the um the match we had with the pints and putt guys, it was awesome. Um, it was great getting together with them. We're definitely gonna have to get together again. It was, it was so much fun. We booked a three hour session at Oakwood. Um, we're gonna get into that. We ran into our buddy George Connor, obviously walking in. He was giving some putting lessons. Um, it, of course. I yeah, of course. Uh, it just it's just great to see. Um, but before we get to that, Kev, I I want to bring up something that happened in our, in the, uh, the golf league last Wednesday. Um, okay. So first of all, it, it did, it got off to a horrible start to begin with. We show up and they like overbooked or something. I don't, I, I don't know. I, I didn't really get a straight answer, but either way, we were forced to play with five guys on our simulator. So I'll take it. There were no burgers or fries. No 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 no, no 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 uh bogner's hot dogs those are available though guys bogner's just ask for them i saw that uh yep those ads pop up from time to time um yeah. but so before we even get started i was like all right great so add 20 percent to my round right off the bat um it's gonna be a much longer night great um n- Wife and newborn at home. I'm so happy. So well, wait, wait before we like, how do you overbook? It's like the same guys the was. on the same I, night every No, I really don't. Week. How do you I, overbook? I don't know what the real reason was. Uh, the group next to us only had four people, so I, 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 just don't know. Um, John was on the on the bay next to me, and he was like, "Well, you guys are already started." I was like, "Well, you'll be done long before us. Don't you worry?" Um, yeah, seriously. We played the Myrtle Beach tour which when they told us about it at first i was like wait a minute i played here but it wasn't i played the world tour golf links at myrtle beach this oh yeah they had like a hole from all different courses yeah, yeah that place yeah. was awesome um yeah. but no so we played the myrtle beach tour and i i mean i shot okay i shot um six over um i had a birdie and had a double bogey on the first hole so You know, I felt pretty decent about my round and I only had, I only scrambled once, which is, which is really good for me. Typically, um, I met like three or four scrambles around. Um, I only hit three greens, but, um, no, I, I, I played well. So here's Wait, I'm sorry. I don't mean to cut you off here. What constitutes a scramble? um i think you find yourself in like the rough than a bunker then like like really working for it oh it's is like you miss the fairway and you miss the green kind of thing yeah. maybe yeah okay or um i should probably know this before starting to talk about it. or it could also be you're in a hazard of some sort interesting okay i saw I, it, how many how many greens did you say you hit i only hit three greens yeah, I was going to say like how are you only scrambling <laughs> once if you only hit three greens? I was a little confused, but that yeah. now it makes sense. Yeah, and I had 17 putts, so it's not like I was I wasn't really killing the game at any at any point, but uh, what I wanted to bring up is that someone in our group, um th- this person shot 7 over. Um and, I mean, didn't beat me. I shot 6 over, but if we we're playing against each other, I don't know. Handicaps may be different. I don't know if we we're playing against each other. There are five fucking people. There are four other people besides me playing on the simulator. And that was my next point I wanted to bring up. Like, we're playing against someone. How on earth it like, where's the person he's playing? Like I, I does it doesn't matter. I I digress. Well, were any of the other four like one of the boys, or were these just four random dudes that you were on the simulator with, too? I was playing with Mike Price. Mike Price was on okay. the street, so he got the The frustration that I had originally, but he doesn't give a shit. I mean, he yeah. like truly he doesn't care. Um, right. But it was good that he was there because it was someone for me to you know voice my frustrations to. Um, sure. So uh, the round gets started, and we're on the first hole, um, and this kid, uh, he, he's going to remain nameless because he's just gonna remain nameless so this kid a man has no, no name a man has no name um did see karen though two weeks ago when i was at virtual golf on the weekend karen from last year's virtual league mentioned on episodes oh. probably uh, 15 to uh 20 oh yeah oh yeah saw her didn't say hi but it's okay moving on anyways this kid first tee box uh hits one and it goes into the left rough and he runs over to the screen and he like hits a button and it like gives all of this crazy data. It's in decimal points. It's like, I'm literally, I have no idea what I'm looking at. And he just says, see, um, under point eight, um, it, it didn't read boom. Give himself a mulligan. And I just like, look around and I'm like, what the fuck? And yeah. then he hits his next shot and it goes right in the fucking water. And so I just looked at Price and I was like, well, karma, that's what you get. Fuck. Yeah, um, exactly. And so the next hole comes and he hits a shot and he runs over to the screen, checks the numbers again, gives himself another mulligan. And I, I stop him. I was like, "Home, my, my guy, can you please explain to the group? Can you share with the group? what you're doing and why you're doing it. Well, we see you're giving yourself a mulligan. Can you tell us why you're giving yourself a mulligan? And then he he goes on this rant about how, if the numbers don't equal 0.08 or 0.8, it doesn't register this and that. And I was like, all right, whatever, carry on. So next hole, gives himself a mulligan again. And I, I was like, the thing you've got to understand is you're the only one taking mulligans. No one else is running over to the screen, checking and being like, what are my numbers? What is You hit a ball. And then you move on if right. Well, the thing is too, like at this reason. point, right at this point, mm-hmm. I don't care. I don't even care what score he's making. Now you're just going to take way too long. Like you're doing a mulligan every shot. What are you doing? It, it, you're checking every shot. You're no, I got no time for this. Listen, and don't get me wrong. There were mulligans that were taken. Um, none by me. Um, there was one by Price. It was he was uh, green side and he was setting up, and the ball just took off. He never swung the club. Nothing. Clearly, mulligan. Right. Uh, same thing happened to um the kid who was playing on the other side with the uh, mulligan, Mister Mulligan. Well, that's who we're going to call him, Mr. Mulligan. So the person who was playing with Mr. Mulligan, he had three mulligans. One of them I remember remember specifically was on the green. I don't remember the other two, but they must – I, I might have been in the bathroom or something. They must have been something where people agreed that – I don't know. But it got to the point where I'm like, my friend, Mr. Mulligan, do you mind if I call you Mr. M? I What's mind it? that you call him your friend. No, well, it 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 didn't. Well, it didn't. Once I, once we had words, Um, after its fourth mulligan, I was like, "Is this a joke?" And you know, I just briefly stated that everyone in the group is not taking mulligans. Uh, No one is checking their numbers. Um, Maybe the shitty shot was because the ball only went two feet off the ground when it hit the screen. Um, Maybe the reason it went left is because it hit eight feet to the left of center on the screen. Like I was very aggravated by this Kev, very aggravated by this. Um, I wasn't going to get, you know, cause a huge ruckus. I said what I had to say. Things were clearly awkward. He got right. very silent. I then got louder because I love to make awkward situations, awkwarder. I even said to Mike price in hearing distance, wow, I made that conversation awkward. Didn't I? Uh, but listen, we moved on in a slow Pace, um, on the ninth hole, it was a. I just want to confirm this. No, eighth hole. Sorry, on the eighth hole, he took two mulligans. Both of them were to the left of the green. Then he hit it onto the green, and then he was like, "Okay, that's good." I've I, I will have words uh, this Wednesday when I get there. I just I want some clarification on what when a mulligan should actually be used if it's obviously not a erroneous putt going haywire but like what you should do piss me off what Uh, you should do is you should have whoever is running the league or responsible for running the league just like hey listen man i'm not going to say anything just go and watch this group don't even say which guy just like go watch this group play for an hour yeah, it, the unfortunate thing, Kev, is that the person can't. There's one person running eight bays, four guys a bay, yeah. getting like, drinks, and there's no way anyone can do it, and no one cares. And this isn't to, yeah, but to other de- people must know that this is going on. Like, it's like you're not the only person he's played with, you know what I mean? Like, I how is this I, now still now going on? Now that we're week eight, I would think most people have this figured out. Um, and he's a sneaky little bastard, he doesn't, his name doesn't show up on the screen, it's just initials. MDV, MDV, Martha's Damn Vineyard, <laughs> or Mulligan Daily Value. Mm. Yeah, either way, I, I was, don't know. Neither was, of those are good. I was pretty pissed, but I did go up and look at his handicap after the fact, and he's a fourteen. Um, so I'm kind of. So he's really a twenty eight. <laughs> Well, I, yeah, I mean, shit. Like, if every time I hit a bad shot, I just hit another one and that went well. And I was like, yeah, we'll take that one. But right. oh, man, when he mulligans twice and then took his ball that landed on the green, me and Price just looked at each other and started laughing. And Mike said something. He's like, I wish I was shooting so well. I was like, Mike, take more mulligans. If, if you would seize the day, carpe motherfucking damn, go ahead and get yourself a mulligan. I myself will not be subjected to that. But listen kids rolling around in the mud how long did it take to play nine holes um i can tell you because i took a photo of it three over three hours two hours and 20 minutes oh really listen your boy he gets a lot of auto gimmies two hours and 20 minutes is a long time for five guys to play nine holes with auto putts triple bogey max like but you oh yeah so there were nine mulligans on the damn board so that's ah. yeah well i don't know i was just like with all the mulligans you were talking about it just like seemed like it was going to take a long time well i that's not too bad at all no he, he 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 sped his game up um there were a few holes that after i got loud he didn't speak and he he just went up hit then walked set back down md fucking v dude i don't like it i don't like i it hope i f- never see him um yeah no that so that that um put a bad uh, taste in my mouth but you know what we're gonna get back at it next week if i find out though that i was matched up against him and i lost because of these fucking mulligans oh no oh no we're, we're gonna have some we're gonna have some conversations i did get a birdie on uh the second hole let me give you the handy okay. just to see if it's uh, skins worthy nope 17 handicap i'm not getting a skin there mm. no no. Oh yeah. This kid had four pars. He did real good. Four pars with five mulligans. Uh, shot seven. How have you been o- making out on skins and such? Uh, well, because some people have dropped out. Some people haven't made up all their rounds. It, uh, it says on one of the weeks that I've won uh, a skin for like 65 bucks, but it's not accurate. It's because not all the scores are in. It's only like multiplying by the people that are in it. Like none of the information is accurate. We've, we're gonna. We're gonna. Uh, it pays worry. out end of year. Yeah. Uh, no, it's supposed to be out weekly. That's uh, what I thought. Yeah. Yeah. Don't worry. We're gonna tighten things up around here this week. We're gonna. Life in the rough is gonna come in hot. Oh my god. I've got. I. I forgot to mention this. So, person who runs our league, Jordan. Um. Every time there's a music or some suggestion, I'm like, listen, life in the rough. You, you gotta know, put it on Pandora. Whatever's clever, and um two weeks ago I say it and the response I get it's what is your obsession with this life in the rough podcast every week, Kev, I'm wearing a life in the rough sweatshirt a hat is it, like I, I there's a goddamn neck tattoo l-i-t-r right down to my uh, adam's apple like I don't understand how it's not known and I say that it is my podcast, and laughter just breaks out everywhere. I'm like, how the fuck was that not known? I'm dropping, I'm dropping business cards. <laughs> I thought you were cards. a fanboy. Yeah. I'm, I'm dropping business cards at the register. I'm leaving business cards by the by George Connor's putting practice uh, training cards. I, listen, guys, I'm out here doing the damn thing, and I'm getting mistaken for like a, a fanboy. Like, what? It's called guerrilla marketing. People, look it up. God, Jesus. Jeez, you were even on a headset. That's a hilarious story, though, that they oh. thought you were just, like, Pushing fanboying out over the-, the podcast. Like, hey, have you guys yeah. ever heard of Barstool? You should check out their website. <laughs> yeah, Put it on the radio. Oh, my God. Um, Yeah, no. So yeah. that was that my uh, virtual experience was a bit ridiculous. So we'll see what's to come uh, this coming week. But um, all right. Well, I mean, at least your other virtual golf experience was far better. It was than, good. It than, was good. We uh, we went to uh, we traveled over to TPC Sawgrass. Um, Kevin yes, uh, made the trip, and we played the uh, the pints and putts guys, um, Justin and Burke. It was it was awesome time. I mean, these guys they have the full production setup. I'm talking camera, multiple cameras, multiple microphones, lighting. They were carrying everything. Like, they had stuff that they carried in, like, when we got there. And then, like, I felt like Justin just kept walking away and coming back with more. And I was like, what the... Like, the whole time leading up to it, we're like, we know they're going to be recording some stuff. Like, I'm kind of curious to see what sort of stuff they have. And they had, like... Like, I thought the Today Show was going to be coming in. It was crazy, the equipment they had. Yeah, I felt bad because they were just like, oh, go ahead. You know, we're just going to take a little time to set up. You just... You guys hit a couple at the range. Kevin and I hit like 25 fucking balls each. These guys yeah. are bra- breaking the computer screen, trying to override so they can screen re- <laughs> screen record from the monitors inside. Their firewall kicked in. They're like, nah, you can't do this. The whole system shuts down. We have oh, to my th- God. Call the person running the front desk, have them restart the system. Oh, my God meanwhile they updated the system on our bay the night before she has never even seen it before so she doesn't even know what it's supposed to look like oh man oh man Oh man! it, it was... was funny but it, it was a blast kev we showed up well i well, we there's there's a we in team i guess if you flip that m upside down but um it, it, you showed up it, it, i didn't show up it, it except fun. for the first hole I, kev showed up on the first hole Bert, he had a huge birdie putt, very important birdie putt um, because it went in. Um, yeah, but from there on, we didn't lose a, we didn't lose a hole. Um, yeah, I don't think we lost a hole. It, it was pretty impressive. So we didn't play 18 holes. We played a front nine match, we played a back nine match, but uh, we did it skins, uh, sorry, match play with carryover. Um, so both of them went dormy uh, early. Um, yeah the carryovers are tough for reasons like that because like if somebody gets out to an early lead for sure but then you, you you run the risk of like two two after nine yeah you know that like so I, I agree with you it can get out of hand um, yeah. but uh, we didn't have a ton of carryovers and I'm not like this isn't like I'm not bragging we just we I we you played out of your fucking no, mind I, I played really well i you was... played really fucking good I, I was like i was just trying to figure out how we were winning holes at one point because i was like dude like i haven't hit a good shot literally all day i hit one good shot and it was on one and it was my approach shot to set up my birdie putt and other than that i could not hit a fucking golf ball and i was like wait oh we won Oh, we won? Oh, Brian just stuck it to four feet? Oh, wait, Brian just stuck it to five and a half feet? Oh, <laughs> wait, Brian just stuck it to three feet? Why? You're hitting every fucking fairway. You hit every fucking green. You were just like walking in putts like you were fucking Kevin na 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 nah. Yeah. And Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, they, you showed up, you showed out, and I was just, I, I was watching you play a fantastic round of golf. I, I don't yeah. know. they definitely thought I was a <laughs> Yeah, player. I'm pretty fucking sick. Yeah, no, they definitely thought I was a sandbagger. Uh, like I it was um it was unfortunate because they're like, hey, what's your handicap? Listen, I finished the year at a twelve I'm playing this virtual league. In this virtual league, I'm playing to a 14. Virtual league's much different, like you've got putting and chipping, like so many different things that could cause an errant score. But so I'd I said, listen, we'll play to it, play it to a 12 5. But, no, Kev, I just – I hit everything. Um, I was sticking greens. I had, like, three or four approach shots that were tapping in gimmies. Um, and don't get me wrong. Like, it, it wasn't that they were, like, birdie shots. Like, you know, there were t- – I, I might miss the green. And I'm a little back, and I've got a 60-yard shot. I've got a 70-yard shot into the green. But then I stick that to seven feet. And there were a couple that I was just able to, you know, throw that sword right back down into the case and walk away and be like, Shing! and just like, yeah, they, they all know. And then just watching the rest of you. And in my head, like your shots don't matter. <laughs> dude it was just it was really like impressive like every time you hit the ball i was like what the fuck how is he fucking hitting I know, the ball so fucking well watch and i'm gonna go shoot a 50 on on wednesday and be paired up with mr mulligan oh yeah oh that'll happen um no but it was awesome like i thought the whole setup was great we had three hours over at oakwood um we we uh did some interviews during it um it and we finished it off with a closest to the pin and some some games uh closest to the pin was fun and then we ended with the, there was this huge dartboard set up and i don't remember what was it like an 80 90 yard shot kev or something like that yeah 100 yard shot and we were just we we're playing cricket essentially um we we're no we played 101 we played 101 yeah. Cr- cricket would be very difficult um But, dude, it was fun overall. We're definitely going to get back out there with them uh, when the snow thaws. But at the same time, they'd be the people that would be down for some snow golf, Kev. You know, Um, I I definitely think we could make something like that happen. Dude, they – I feel like when we first met them – last year didn't they have something posted i don't know if it was on youtube or instagram about them like they went out and played snow golf i think they did it at some point last year i don't remember at what point or it might have been previous but yeah no i definitely saw it on their on their profile what i would be curious is like how do you pull that off like i i mean clearly you're trespassing Um, i mean i don't even care to know i don't think i would even want to do that i wonder if it was even a golf course or it was just like a field somewhere like how the fuck would you know if there was no i agree but if there's just snow on the ground everywhere like how the fuck and how the fuck would you find your ball like i no oh i i agree i will say i wouldn't be worried about getting onto the court like my the town of colony golf course they, they keep it open all year for people to like walk and stuff on so like you can just go in there
1: Oh, it's, not like
0: okay. it's not like there's a big fence around golf courses you know what i mean in the winter time people just like i used to go sledding at the well, golf no, course in south I, windsor when I was i'm a just kid. saying they're privately owned therefore it's technically private property well unless it's a municipal course right again kevin right or, again or a public course you know a public course can be privately owned Blackledge is privately no, it, owned it's a public course well yeah, but town of colony is a public course and it's owned by the town, so it's a public course. It's a and that's a municipal course. There's no a, a public course is just open to the public. A private course Right, it's open to the public. It's open for the public. Jesus Christ. We're talking in circles here. Um, we've got around and around we go. Um We've also got fantasy golf coming up, Kev. We've got the draft coming up next yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We can't talk about fantasy golf. I can't lead you onto my strategies. I don't need to know your strategy. I'm already screen I've already mirrored your screen. And during the draft, I'll be looking at what you're looking at. So
1: I well, have- jokes on you
0: because I knew you mirrored my screen. Well, so, so now I'm just gonna self-sabotage. All right. Well, we've got 15 guys in the league. We're gonna go 28 weeks. There's going to be a shit ton of payouts. Um, I'm also in a golf survivor league um, goes t- 29, 30 weeks. Uh, first week I picked Scotty Scheffler. Um, he made the cut. Didn't play out like he, like I want him to, but he still brought home like 60, 70,000 bucks. So that helps for my overall standings this week, this week. I'm taking Sam Burns I was going back and forth I love Sam Burns this week yes I was going back and forth between Burns and Zalatoris, but I, oh I, just, I also love Zalatoris yeah, this week dude, a little bit I, more than Burns well I took them both top uh top 20 I had Zalatoris as a top 10 bet last week and I still think he's just a perfect top 10 bet I just things could get wonky so listen I, I'll just sprinkle a little bit more on top 20 finishes so the tournament starts Wednesday. The tournament will have already started by the time this airs. So I am sorry if you're not getting the picks. Um, but you can bet after day one um, if you hear this early Thursday morning. Absolutely. I forgot it starts tomorrow. That's fantastic. News. Well, they don't they don't want to compete with uh, the AFC and NFC. No, you simply – oh, speaking of, did you watch football this past weekend? My Great. fucking Great. head was Great. spinning. Football. I, like, couldn't fall asleep on Sunday night. i I felt like i couldn't pick a game to save my life besides niners i i had had niners win the nfc earlier this year and that ticket is looking very nice right now uh because i mean now i could just hedge it with the rams but they've already beat the rams twice this year so i don't even know i I mean i will hedge to make guaranteed money but um yeah having the niners win the nfc earlier in the season before they're even in the playoffs was because they locked it up week 18 but no, that was nice, and I was very confident they were going to beat the Packers. Granted, if it was clean weather, who knows what would have happened? Um, but I, yeah. I think that goes both ways. You know, Debo Samuel could have had 150 all-purpose yards and two touchdowns if it wasn't below freezing temperatures. But uh, no, I thought all the games were great. I think Kansas City's probably going to work uh, the Bengals pretty good, and it was. Mm, I'm high on the Bengals this year. That's fine. Uh, that is fine. I think it's probably going to be a, a Chiefs. Uh, Chiefs Niners Super Bowl, but um, we'll see. We'll see what it is. I swear to God, if it's a Bengals rams Super Bowl, well, you're gonna have like the lowest ratings in Super Bowl history. It's in yeah. LA this year. I know. Uh, there's like some crazy shit going on about people like some, some, people are telling like not to sell their tickets or something. Have you been seeing this for I the Super Bowl? But it, it was something I'll, weird about, like, only LA people can go into the state. I don't know. I, I, I will edit this out because I don't know enough about it to talk about it. Exactly. Well, it's, it, it's interesting that for two years in a row, there is a chance for a team to play at home in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, the, talk about an advantage. I guess not really in the Super it's Bowl. Not, like it, anybody's there. Well, it's not for the Rams, um, for sure. Uh, anyone is there, but season ticket holders do get first chance at tickets. So if, say, the Green Bay Packers had the Super Bowl in Lambeau, um, which they would never have it there because of the temperature, they would just never do it. Um, Miami Dolphins, well, they don't have a fan base. Um, you get what I'm trying to say. If They was... wouldn't be in the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah, the Arizona Cardinals, boom, perfect example. If the Arizona Cardinals were in the Super Bowl, they would definitely have a home field advantage. Their fans would be able to purchase tickets it before the public, season ticket holders have the opportunity to be purchasing playoff and I'm, I believe Super Bowl. I'm sure someone's gonna text me and tell say I'm wrong because I'm just so confident, but I'm pretty sure that's accurate. Um, but you're right; you're competing with just everyone that wants a, a ticket at that point. But they wouldn't necessarily be rooting for that specific team. They could just be an NFL fan. I don't right. know if I'd want to go to the Super Bowl. I don't know either. Like, I really enjoy hanging out with my friends, sitting on the couch, not waiting in line to take a piss, um, and hammering my bets without messing with the signal inside the stadium. I can't get a signal! It's not refreshing! I feel like the thing, like the most fun thing about attending the Super Bowl happens outside of the Super Bowl, as in telling people leading up to it that you're going to the Super Bowl, and then afterwards telling people how you went to the Super Bowl. But actually being there, like for the game, like like you said, I'd rather be on my couch at a Super Bowl party, eating some wings.
1: Mm. You know, like mm.
0: I'd rather be doing something like that. I agree. I I think a Super Bowl is probably like a, a bit much. It's like going to a production. Yeah, even I I I'm good for and this is pre COVID. I'm good for one like NFL game a year. Like it's enough. You, you spend fucking. 12 hours at the goddamn stadium you know four hours before kickoff, four hours in the game, a couple hours afterwards waiting for parking to die down you're you're tailgating again like it just it's I've l- only been to one NFL oh. game in my life oh. and like those are rookie numbers. Oh yeah, but like there's something it's like I don't know all the games are on Sunday. wouldn't you rather sit at home and watch all of them? See I, I and I completely agree with you but let's rewind 10 years ago that argument can't be made like red zone. And I, I may be inaccurate. Yeah, about but it. we don't red live zone 10 started. years ago, Brian. We live now. Yeah, no, I hear you. But like the people that became like those season ticket holders that, yeah, Oh, I see like, what you're saying. Like they've yeah. been going forever because if you didn't live in that market, you're not seeing it on TV. It like, yeah. And also it's something like if you live local, more like more so local like where you would go to like a Giants game takes you what two hours to get there yeah at least two and a half yeah like it's one thing if you live 20 minutes from the stadium but when you live a couple hours that's a long ass day you know for sure yep but um I digress no it's all good we've got some uh, good stuff coming up in this episode yeah we're gonna cut to an interview with a very good friend of mine Matt DaCosta uh, Matt works at Coinbase and he is going to talk to us about a new project, um, that kind of ties in the crypto world to the golf world. So we are going to cut to that right now. All right, cool. So yeah, Matt, thanks for joining us. Um, before we kind of get started sure. on
1: the entire conversation, why don't you kind of like introduce yourself, um, yeah. tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Happy to do it and uh, happy to be here as well. I appreciate you guys uh, uh, bringing me on. So, uh, yeah, I'm Matt Acosta. I am uh, on the institutional team at Coinbase. So um, kind of give some background as to how the, the crypto thing started. But um, essentially what we do at Coinbase is we uh, we interact with some of the biggest institutions, you know, in the world, really. Venture capitalists, hedge funds, corporations, uh, pretty much everybody and, and their mother at this point. It's just been a rocket ship. Uh, you know, to use the cliche, uh, in a lot of ways. So, um, you know, that's kind of what got me into the crypto world, uh, one way or the other. And as you know, Kevin, I'm also an avid golfer. Um, so it's it, it's uh, definitely my hobby. When I'm not spending time working, I'm spending time on the links. I'm here at San Diego, so uh, Torrey Pines is the home, the home track, uh, home of the Farmers this weekend, which I'll be that's there on right. Saturday. Yeah, shaking Peace. your head, I'm sure you're. You were uh, just sure living the
0: fucking life, huh, buddy?
1: Yeah. One way or another, I mean, we're I mean, stuck I mean, up here in New England. You're going to the farmers. Your home course yeah. is Tory. You're wearing the yeah. you're wearing the golf gear. Unbelievable. Yeah, life is good. Um, but yeah, so um, you know, daylight crypto outside of work is 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 golf, and that's what kind of uh, brought the topic of conversation uh, today, the links now uh, together for me. So kind of high level, uh, but hope that gives you a little bit of background of of, of me. No, that's perfect. I think that.
0: Um, Gives a good intro. Um, Before we kind of get into the project itself um, that we're going to talk about, which is Lynx DAO, um, I I know you and I were saying, maybe why don't you kind of explain briefly what a DAO is so people can kind of understand the general concept before we get into specifics.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's an important place to start because it is is such a novel uh, idea. And uh, it's definitely definitely unique, but I, I think after hopefully after the explanation, it'll be a little bit easier. So a DAO is uh, is an acronym. It stands for a decentralized autonomous organization. And the way I like to think about it to make it easy, is essentially it's a next iteration of an LLC, right? It's a way for people and capital to form around the world in uh, in a structure and e- easily you know, deploy capital, do different things, what have you, Um, although not all DAOs are made the same. So um, the the important thing about a DAO as it relates to crypto is is the governance piece of it. And what I mean by that is, um, you know, these DAOs raise money, they have uh, groups of people uh, that come together that do different things, and they vote on those things, and all those types of, you know, kind of jobs that you would have in a regular corporate uh, structure, you know, a VP of finance or, you know, somebody to decide what to, what to do with capital or what have you, right? You're able to do strictly on the blockchain through governance, where people within the DAO can vote on all the things that might come up and what which you, which you would see in a regular organization. And I, I can jump into some of those examples and bring that to life when we, when we dive into this project. But that high level is what it is. It's a way for a blockchain um, to enable groups of people in capital from around the world to organize themselves together towards a common goal. So, like I mentioned, it's it is the next iteration of the LLC, or at least that's that's how it's being marketed. Uh, so, at a high level, that's that's what it is. That's awesome. My head's already spinning, but that's yeah, that
0: sounds <laughs> sick. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right. So then, LinksDAO, what is it? I guess like we'll kind of start from the beginning and kind of go to yeah, totally. even the future. But I like I guess like kind of like what is the the project or the concept and like how did it get started and everything
1: sure yeah absolutely so uh i am not a founding member of Links so i'll i'll start with that there is a group of of, of folks kind like of like board directors that runs the whole show um some people that are are pretty prominent in their own rights uh venture cap one guy's venture capital greg norman's son is a founding member so there's certainly people that are involved that that know the game really well uh but Links Dow, i essentially stumbled upon this on twitter so uh you know, for some of the crypto uh, nerds that are probably listening, they know the, the whole crypto world is pretty much done on Twitter. Um, and so I, you know, scrolled one night and was bored, you know, Monday, Tuesday night, and I saw this Lynx thing. And I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. Uh, and started diving in a little bit. And essentially it was, a, you know, like I, like I mentioned, a group of people that wanted to get together to buy a golf course in the real world. Um, and I'm like, that sounds fun. It's a cool way to, uh, to waste some time and, uh, you know, be a part of this. So that, that's kind of how it started for me. Uh, and then it's, that was around six weeks ago and it's pretty much snowballed from there. So, so how you kind of get started with these things? Or at least this is my journey on, on with my first DAO. This is the first doubt I've really been involved in, uh, was, I, I kind of saw this thread people were talking about it and they said, join a discord discord is, you know, another application for people to kind of interact. It's uh, a social, there's a social aspect to it. Um, but, you know, it's it's just a communication tool, really. Uh, so you jump in the discord and all these people are on there and all of them are just fired up about what's going on. Right. They're like, we're going to buy a course. People are like, we're going to buy Augusta, like th- some of the best courses in the world. And I'm like, OK, like this is interesting. Some people are definitely <laughs> drinking the sugar, the Kool-Aid on this one. Uh, but, you know, if, if you kind of waded through all that, uh, that kind of excitement, it, it, I, I found it to be interesting to see all the people. There was like three or four thousand in about a week that were involved in this channel that was talking about hey we should do this this is a cool idea for maybe if we buy a, a course here buy a course there you know all this kind of stuff and people people were just excited they were just fired up about it as you guys know golfers in general typically are, are degenerates uh crypto people are the same way like they that's all they live and breathe and like this is just you know the perfect marriage i think of of people that are just really excited and, and kind of nerdy in their own right uh in, in different worlds it's just such a such a perfect yeah. crossover maybe a little um, unstable, so that, <laughs> but definitely unstable definitely unstable. <laughs> at least i am yeah uh yeah so uh so yeah that's that was kind of my first you know interaction of this i was like this is you know this is interesting for sure um and as it kind of went over time, they started to have Twitter Spaces, which is you know again just a way to way to communicate. The Discord kept growing and growing and growing, and then it got to a point where they were like, you know, this is this is legit. Like we want to do something with this, and uh, they they um, decided to raise money through an NFT mint. So uh, again, probably a, a big a big uh, thing to to unpack there. I will say a lot of these things do take you know you could do a full. You know, podcasts on NFTs, full podcasts on uh, DAOs in general. But I'll try to give the abridged version. Uh, so NFT is basically just a way for you to own something that's unique digitally, right? On the blockchain, it's a way for you to own something, um, and it's unique to you. You, you know, it's trustless; you can't, you know, forge it, scam it, anything like that. Um, so uh, what they did was they they print, they minted around nine thousand of these to raise money, right? And it's it sits in your wallet like a MetaMask, Coinbase wallet, and we raised around eleven million bucks across. Uh, uh, across the spectrum of people that were buying NFTs. I am an NFT holder. Uh, NFT gives you rights to governance where you can now vote on things and things of that nature or what have you. Um, but that was a way for us to raise money. So now there's a, a treasury, there's a wallet which with $11 million in it, which obviously led a, m- a lot of money. And this is where it's going to start to kind of come together for for folks with the DAO piece of it. Um, but there's, there's governance that needs to happen around that um and what we're going to do with you know buying the course what have you so with the treasury right there's 11 million dollars how are we going to spend that money who's going to decide on that right and so now you start to see how these questions might come up and we're going to have to vote on this because everybody's kind of involved in it now we all have skin in the game the people that are buying the nft um so that's just one thing that we're focused on now uh right now another thing that's happening too is we're partnering with a lot of interesting people um so Steph Curry is an NFT holder, right? So he holds the NFT. He's got governance rights within the uh, within the DAO. Um, his brother Seth as well. Jake Owen is a country music artist. He's now involved. Um, so there's you know some big name folks that are that are coming into the space. Uh, but then uh, we're also doing like gut
0: Yeah, sorry, not to cut you off there. Just a quick question. Um, this might be yeah. kind of an ignorant question. Are all mm-hmm. of these NFTs? Created equal? Like, does every single person that own one have the own amount of skin in the game, or are some more
1: valuable than others? Like, how does that work as it relates to the organization? That is a great question. So, there are uh, tiers uh, okay. to membership. There's two, global and leisure. Global basically has four times the right rights as a leisure would. Um, also, as it relates so to like people. voting power, kind of? That's correct. Okay. Yeah, that's correct. And you can own, you know, there was 9,000, I think 3,000 global and 6,000 leisure. You could buy theoretically all of them. Right, if you had the money um uh, to do so. Um there, there's not a there's there's not a huge there might be a cap at some point, but you could have bought three, four, five, ten of them and had 40, 40 boats compared to just buying one that had four or a leisure one that just had one, right? So you can kind of okay. you can see how some people might have, have more skin in the game than others. Uh sure. and the founding members, I believe, have uh you know, they held aside some NFTs for themselves because, you know, they're, they're obviously doing more work than the rest of us. I'm kind of a, like an arm's length away, like a casual observer to this whole thing. Um, but they're, you know, they're making partnerships happen and that kind of stuff. So uh, there are different levels of, of NFT and, and, and rights in that sense. It's a great question.
0: Okay, awesome. So where does, I guess, like, I, like, where would you say it stands now like what stage of the process would you say you're in like obviously there's always people invested but like what's happening behind the scenes yeah. right now I, I mean how much I guess how much do you know I suppose
1: yeah so that they, they aren't really transparent about it which is interesting um you you kind are or people. aren't they are yes oh, okay. they are transparent clear, clear very upfront. you kind of owe it yeah. to the people when people are involved like this you just kind of have to which is, which is cool yeah. in its own right I think the cool thing about crypto and web three as their marketing is everyone's kind of like we're all in this together uh we're like a share a ceo to a shareholder uh you know that owns a couple shares of apple like tim cook's not calling you to tell you what's going on right where these right. guys are like hey this is what we're thinking right you know we want you to we want you to have a say in this and that's kind of like uh, that's kind of the the style of crypto and web three which is cool in its own right uh so they are transparent so to answer your question Um, where are we now? Right now it's, it's, it is super early on. I mean, we're six weeks into this thing and there's always, there's already been articles written about us, podcasts, um, partnerships happening. So what, so the interesting thing about our DAO versus maybe other DAOs is it kind of bridges the physical world and the digital world, uh, where not all DAOs do. Um, so ours gives you your NFT, your digital NFT gives you rights to uh, discounts at major golf brands, right? We're actually voting on one in a couple hours, uh, which I believe is going to be some, some you know, a brand that everybody would know in the golf space. But right now we have one with Five Iron Golf, which I had never heard of, actually. But it's, it's basically a simulator in a lot of the Northeast, like Philadelphia and New York things like that and if you have the nft which is digital it's digitally native and you bring that in and say hey i'm an, I'm an nft holder of link style and you know what's going on five iron will give you 20 20 off of anything you do there right so we're now bridging that gap between the digital and the phys- physical world uh you know and to bring that to the next iteration the real goal of this is to actually buy a physical golf course somewhere in the world and we can get on that. We can get to that later on. But um, that's very unique, I think, to this DAO. Not all DAOs are like that. A lot of them are completely digitally native um, and are all online in, in, in that sense.
0: Yeah. So, Dude, the uh, crazy
1: thing to me, I mean, so far, I'm sure it's only going to get crazier. It's like the
0: timeline of all this happening. Yeah. Six weeks, you said, is when this kicked off, essentially? Yeah. 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 That's just, and now there's 11 million in an account. Like you can't just start up a regular business like that. Like it's, I think it speaks to the the power of like what, what DAOs can be kind of like
1: looking towards the future. Probably. You're seeing it the right way, right? That's the way to look at it because, uh, you know, this might be one little project. Like there's plenty of people that own golf courses and things like that. And there's plenty of, plenty of that already happening, but at what point are people, you know, forming DAOs with 100 million bucks or a billion dollars or a couple billion dollars and then starting to move at that speed, doing whatever, you know, whatever they they might want, right? This could really change how people form capital forms. This goes back to my original point, right? This is very different. To give you another example, the the first thing that really put the DAOs on the map, at least uh, broadly speaking, uh, was called the Constitution DAO which essentially was a bunch of people online that went to buy a version, a bid on a version of the Constitution. Apparently, there's eight versions of the Constitution out there, or nine, which I had no idea, eight copies of it, rather. Um, and they put together, and they raised like $50 million in like three weeks and went to bid on this thing and were outbid by a, a pretty pretty prominent hedge fund billionaire by by a dollar because of the way that it was set up. But I think the learning from wow. that is, wow, these, yeah, these people are legit they can move very quickly and it you know it's it's kind of like the old saying like you know you could get rich by asking what every person in the world for one dollar you'd have a lot of money that's pretty much what it is it's like you know five thousand people you throw a hundred bucks in you got a lot of money all of a sudden fifty thousand five hundred thousand whatever it is so uh i i think you're right on the right on the money with how important this dow thing is and it's kind of outside of golf but it's an interesting trend, and I think this year you'll see a lot of a lot of development of people organizing that way for legitimate purposes. Maybe it is starting a company uh, or or whatever uh, that might be. But I think it's I think it's probably the most important thing I've learned being a part of one. Yeah, now, is it? Sorry, go ahead, Brad.
0: Oh, well, I was just uh, curious because this I mean this opened and closed so quickly. Um, right. Yeah. they It started in early January, right after New Year's, and they sold those 9000 memberships between the two tiers, you know, pretty fucking yep. quick. Um, yeah. Do you know if there is any plan of doing a second round of NFT sales to, you know, get additional memberships available?
1: Yeah, great question. Uh, and, and I understand you're having FOMO right now. I can I can see. right. <laughs> uh, I
0: literally read the article a day <laughs> later
1: and I was like, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: Cause I mean, for, for the, um, you know, leisure membership, 674 bucks, I'm not trying to belittle that, you know, th- but in terms of like being a part of something like that and being an avid golfer and having a passion like that, I mean, that honestly seems like nothing to be a part of something like yeah. this and to see yeah. how and things can really grow.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I think they, they will, and we, we can get to that point, but I, I, t- I totally get it. it. It did certainly go quick. Um, so there's a couple of things to think about. So number one, you can buy it on the secondary market uh, on an open sea uh, or something of that nature. So you could go in and right. somebody could be selling their NFT to profit from it. I, I think originally it was minted at spot one eight ethereum so around a fifth of an ethereum give or take and now ever since curry joined it's like three or four times that right so some people go in go into it for to profit from that right can do like
0: buying masters tickets to the masters or going into exactly. the lottery for masters
1: tickets exactly exactly um so you can you can get involved you can buy a um you can buy a secondary and then it gives you governance rights and you can vote on things and things like that um from my understanding and this obviously is subject to change but there are, there is going to be a second mint when they decide to buy the course so the first mint was basically bringing the the folks together having a treasury um basically that kind of the founding group if you will with the team and then everyone underneath it they're going to mint again so the the nft is not does not give you rights to the course if and when that happens they are going to mint again where if you buy an nft at at whatever juncture this happens i'm imagining it'll probably be you know a little while until they figure that out but maybe not things move quick um if you, buy, if you mint an NFT, then that'll give you actual membership rights to that course, right? And if I think if things go really well as these guys want, it could be two, three, four courses, right? Florida, yeah. California, New York, England, whatever. So uh, there's a kind of two ways you can get involved now. Now, now the secondary market is a little bit more expensive than it was when you minted, but... Unfortunately, that's the nature of the beast. And then, you know, down the road, it's, it, it is possible they could mint more, you know, of the NFTs they already made. It, you really can do anything you want to just put it to a vote and see what happens. Gotcha. Do you know about how many people are involved now? Like how many NFT owners there are? So they sold out, um, but I know people own multiple of them. Right. Um, so, I, you know, there's around 9,000. I would guess that I don't know how many unique individual uh, uh, folks are. It's, it's tough to tell on the on the blockchain, everything's—you know—you don't know. It's anonymous in a lot of ways. You don't know who, right. who, who, which wallet belongs to who. So I'm not entirely sure. I would imagine it's a couple thousand, uh, five, six thousand folks individually. The Discord has 16,000 people. The Twitter uh, account has like 33,000 followers. Um, you know, and now, like I mentioned, Greg Norman's son is on, is on the board. Steph and Seth Curry involved, Jake Owen. I think they just tweeted – Jake Owen just tweeted to Riggs and the four-play pod guys to get involved. So um, it. Uh, I, I don't see it going anywhere but up for the time being. Um, but there are going to be challenges too. I mean, it's tough to – And I wrote an article about this. This is what kind of uh, brought this um, this conversation to be. But, um, you know, it, it, it's tough to – it's like herding cats, Six, eight, nine thousand 9,000 golfers who I want to do – cool stuff with the course in their part of the world and all that kind of stuff so I think having some direction uh, to be able to execute on some of the things will will be challenging but um, you know so far so good
0: yeah absolutely And I thought what you said was interesting about it potentially being like a few courses when you think about mm-hmm. just like the sheer scale of the like the amount of people that are involved I yeah. mean like 5,000 to 6,000 people that's a lot of people to be a member at a golf course granted not everybody lives in town kind of thing but I think you it's, it's kind of a cool vision to envision it being like a, almost like a network of courses, like kind of like a, a TPC, yeah. for
1: example, like something like that, where exactly. you just have this network of courses yeah. out there. It's really cool. Yeah. Club Corp is another one where you, you if you belong to one, you get uh, reciprocal rights elsewhere. So, similar kind of thing. And the other thing, too, is, is it doesn't need to be a, a course right some of the things we talked about it's like all right do we want to buy a course do you you go to buy a really nice one or do you buy an old one and with the bones and redo it do you start from scratch like they did at bandon right um you know or do you just set up a bunch of cool uh, top golf places in between right maybe you have one main course and you set up a top golf and i don't know and anywhere in the world plug in any city in America, right? There's a bunch of different things you can do. You don't have to, you can take it any way you want. Um, and I think that's kind of cool. It's, it's all really up to the people involved. And if you have the money, of course. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, the money, ha- I mean, Tallwood just sold. What Tallwood go for, Brian? Well,
0: Tallwood and, um, oh, what's the other one? I'm Twin Corey, uh, Corey uh, no, yeah. Corey Ridge. Uh, both of them sold this past year. Corey Ridge was 1.8 and I believe Tallwood was 1.5 um, respectively. Yeah. So, I mean, and listen, there could be a lot of things, um, under the rug yeah. that we don't know about, you know, for why it would sell for sure. that, that price. But when sure. you see, when we saw two courses sell for under $2 million, when both yeah. of these courses were purchased for, you know, upwards of eight, $9 million, um, it, it does make you think what, what it would cost to, and I, I, I don't want to say like a, a Pebble Beach or an Augusta, but something, yeah. at, um, you know, just that would be to the level that people would be expecting. You know, that country yeah. club lifestyle, um, you know, and you can yeah. do it
1: anywhere if you have,
0: have the money to put into
1: it. Yeah. Yeah. And that's it's, it's really interesting. I mean, I don't know. I've never been to either of those those tracks, but under two million bucks. I mean, that's that's not a ton of money. And let's just say we did we right you know, you spent all 11 million bucks just to, on one course you buy a course of one and a half and you rent you renovate it with a clubhouse and all that stuff if there eight nine million bucks i'm sure it would be uh it, it would be a nice golf course um you know so if you did raise them enough money i mean theoretically if you got enough people to put 50 100 million bucks in i mean every course does have its price right what, right. what could you buy
0: yeah oh no you know, for right? sure and and the group that bought it, it's private equity, and they had also bought sure. Twin Hills and Coventry. So you know, they gotcha. it, it seems like they keep their eye out for for this sort of thing.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. So it is. I mean, it's it's definitely interesting. The thing for me is like the, the possibilities are endless, right? Let's you could buy two courses there and renovate it, or buy the top one hundred course, or you know, buy some pitching and putts and make them more like a experience, right? Where you have mm-hmm. bars and you know other things going on, all that kind of stuff. Um, so in my mind the possibilities are endless um which is which is the cool the cool thing the challenge to that though like i mentioned the, the other side of that um that equation is how do you decide which one to, to focus on and execute on right and that's where we're yeah. going to need some uh some uh, some direction yeah well there's such like a,
0: a disparity of types of golfers too so like to have the amount of golfers that you have involved yeah. like so many people love golf for different reasons. And there's so many different like, yeah. levels of golfers or like what they like. There's guys that pay. There's probably some very well-off people that play maybe three or four times a year that wanted to get involved. And there's probably the guys that are like grinding like mini tour pros or something that play every single day that are trying to get involved. Yeah. And they are, they're all going to want to get something different out of it. Yeah. So it's like, I think that's going to be probably a big, maybe not a struggle, but a big thing to like kind of get over.
1: Yeah, I think you're right. Um, because there's just, there's so many differing opinions, right? Um, different for parts sure. of the world. People at different parts of their lives, right? What if one guy, what if we do do the course in, uh, I don't know, Florida, Arizona, and you're from New York, like, am I really going to mint an NFT for 1200 bucks so I can play a course maybe once a year if I'm lucky, right? Right. You know, so it, it's all those things that we kind of got to think about um, because, it, it, I mean, it is tough. That's where the bridge between the physical and the digital world is difficult, right? Most of these guys, you could be anywhere in the world and it's all digital. You're all just hopping on a Zoom or a, a Google Meet or whatever, and you can do whatever you have to do, right? Uh, with this, it's a little bit more difficult. Um, yeah. So I think multiple locations is probably the right way to go about it. Um, but I, I also feel like there's something to be said about focusing on one 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 place. Maybe it is a course, have that kind of be the the home base, Um You know, kind of earn your stripes, if you will. Though I'm sure there's going to be a lot of hiccups along the way. I don't know if anyone, except except for Norman and maybe other couple people in the group, have actually built a course and seen what that's like. Uh, I'm sure it's a lot more challenging than one would think. Um, And so, some of those lessons of building one out first might be helpful when you start before you start kind of scaling out. Um, But just Um, one guy's opinion. No, yeah,
0: I agree. Like you got to start somewhere. You're not just going to have eight courses pop up all over the world, you know.
1: (laughs) Right, right. Well, with 11 million bucks, you can at one and a half. Million. Well, yeah, yeah, that's, yeah. they're all located <laughs> in you know?
0: Marlboro or Hebron, Connecticut. Yeah, Maybe you can get <laughs> yeah, a bulk
1: yeah. deal on them, too. Like,
0: if you're buying 10, yeah, it right, might yeah. just cut you a, cut <laughs> you a deal. Um, I, I think – sorry, go ahead, Brian. I was just going to say, I would think that um, – I and I completely agree with you, Matt. Having multiple, like New York, Florida, De- uh, Colorado, Texas, California, you know, just so it's a, a couple-hour flight no matter what from somewhere or a few more hours drive – But as you know, we're in Connecticut, we realize the difficulty, like how it's going to be tough to expect investors to want to invest and say a golf course in New York, that's going to stay open for what five months a year of of decent golf. Like those are the unfortunate things we, we have to deal with up here. Whereas Florida, Oh, you know, all those other places I mentioned, minus Colorado, you're good 12 months a year.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And you're, you're absolutely right. I mean, and I see that day to day in my life. So I moved from Connecticut, uh kevin and i grew up together uh and you maybe got six good months and, you know yeah. one and a half of those were were cold uh <laughs> i saw that in the you saw that in the green fee and the cha- the difficulty of actually getting a tea time you know now yeah. i'm in san diego uh you know you still fight the sun no matter what, what you know most of us are I'm, I'm guessing going for twilight uh rates anyway um, you're still playing the sun, but I'm playing year round and the public courses are making money year round. right? I'm not paying 100 bucks to play a public course out of here. Maybe 50 bucks tops, 60 bucks, depending on how nice the course is. Right. So you yeah. see that. And you're absolutely right. It's just it's easier to spread the revenue. a course, needs to make over 12 months instead of six. Right. It's just, it's right. An easier way of life.
0: And Less it's on a- the course, too. Well, for sure. And that's what's even shittier, Kev, right? So they're upcharging us on our greens fees and they're only doing half the work needed to keep the course in shape for 12 months of the year. Now, I don't honestly mean that they're only working half of the year, but like you get what I mean. Like they're not having play on it. Absolutely. Um, But, but you're right, Matt. I mean, the all those things are factored into why we have to pay 63 bucks on the weekend for what would be probably considered out in California to be a dog track. Yeah. Now I yeah, don't, exactly. I don't know. I'm just saying, like you know, there are rocks in the fairway sometimes. <laughs> yeah.
1: I uh, yeah. I want to get back to another point you brought up, uh, which I thought was interesting about you know having investors. It's kind of circling back here a little bit, but having investors from other parts of the world invest in a course elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think you're absolutely right. The one thing I will say though is in these crypto communities, these DAOs, what have you, is people are are excited just to be involved, right? Yeah. When you do own an NFT, there is a certain amount of this is this is my thing, this is our thing, right? Um, and there's kind of like a, a a weird, almost like brotherhood where everyone's like, yeah, like we're going to get this together. And, and I mentioned at the beginning, like, yeah, we're going to buy Augusta. And people got fired up about it, like, but the real the real underlying um, kind of current of what's happening. Is people are are really excited about this when they do have skin in the game. It, it means more to them, right? Mm-hmm. So even yeah. if it's not necessarily something that might make sense uh, practically, um, they're still going to do it because they want they want to be involved. They want this thing to happen, right? And I think this trend of you know crypto, Web three, digital native, digitally native stuff, all this kind of you know these these tailwinds that's happening. I mean, you're, you're seeing that every single day with these folks and they're, they are excited about it because they do have that skin in the game. Um, You know, when people saw Steph Curry involved, they're like, Oh yeah, now I'm involved with something with Steph Curry. I told like four or five of my friends. I'm like, you know, Steph Curry's in the game now. Right. That's cool. Um, Oh yeah. And so I think, I think in, in, you know, if you saw it on paper, like why would you spend, you know, three grand to belong to a club across the country? You'd be like, yeah, you're a fool. But I think there's a little bit more to it than that. Where I think okay. a lot of people can start of rationalizing it, again. and then on top of that, you know, crypto in general. So everything's based in Ethereum for the most part. There, there is a, a good number of people that have just, you know, crypto's gone up into the right. Some, some of these people made a hundred, a thousand times their money, so they've had a bunch of Ethereum. They can kind of spend it, so it's a little bit easier for them too. Uh, but I think that that trend of being a part of something is much more important to people than, you know, maybe practicality. I well, agree. Just an interesting point.
0: Yeah, no. And I completely agree with that. And I wouldn't, I definitely agree. Wouldn't be able to rationalize the the premium membership, but if there was a course out in Arizona that I might be able to get to once a year or something, just to say that I was a part of that, I definitely think I'd spend the $674 or whatever the leisure membership. was. I mean, just because of what you said, the, the being a part of something, you know, a a much bigger something.
1: Right. And, and, a lot of people like, you know, I've met some people through this, right. And they're, you know, people are in similar spots, spots in life than I am. People are in, you know, in Southern California, whatever. And people are now starting to meet up to play golf. Right. So if you now have this membership where you're like, Hey, we're all going to fly to Arizona for, you know, again, I'm just using Arizona as an example, but we're all going to fly there for Labor Day weekend and have, you know, play the tracks. Everyone's going to come out and have fun. It's kind of like its own little family reunion, if you will. Right. Um, you know, so I, I can buy that. Right. And, you know, it's probably a reason for a lot of these guys to get away from their wives and family and whatnot, you know, it's like, yeah, let's go out there and do it. Um, so you I could I, put on an epic that, member. member that dude. Yeah, you could. Exactly. <laughs> that would be sick. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. So it, it's, it's a cool thing. That's awesome. Um,
0: so looking towards the future and kind of like, yeah, I guess the, I guess just like the future of the Dow in general, like where do you see it go? Like, where would you like to see it go? Or like, do you have any like kind of individual oh, ideas of yeah. your own that you like are thinking
1: that you'd like to see that it progress towards? Yeah. So I, you know, I, I've been thinking about this about, and how I might be able to get more involved for, for myself. Um, but it, speaking about the Dow in general, I think obviously having that goal of having a physical course would be really cool uh, in general. So, Hashing out exactly how that's gonna look, I think is very important, but I do think we have time on that. Um, I think what we need to capitalize on now is this trend of the metaverse and web three and all that kind of stuff, because you're seeing brands everywhere. I mean, Facebook itself changed its name to, from Facebook <laughs> to metaverse, the, the parent company. Uh, but you know, Adidas is now in the metaverse. They minted their own NFT. Uh, more and more brands are coming out with things like this because it's a way for them to now interact with the, with the rising digitally native generation, right? Um, particularly with a wealth transfer coming, right? Baby boomers are going to be dying off. They set something like $7 trillion are going to these digitally native folks in this new generation. Uh, brands and co- corporations and companies want to get in front of that. Uh, and I think that we are very well positioned for that. Uh, But I I think we need to capitalize that on that. And what I mean by that is partnering with folks in the real world, like a tailor-made if we could, or, uh, you know, somebody on tour, right? Bryson DeChambeau is kind of one of the nerdier guys on on tour. He likes to game and understands crypto and all that. Be a great partner for the the DAO, Um, things like that. So I think that, you know, over the short to medium term, I think that's a good place to focus because I think the more you're able to show the value of of some of these brands partnering with something in the digital world, um, the better. And this is just, I think, the beginning of the metaverse, and and the you know that the digitally native people, um, you know, getting involved in things like that. So that's where I th- I think we should focus. Now I'm in a pr- uh, privileged seat in terms of being at Coinbase because I interact with a lot of these folks. So I, I hope one day that I'm able to, you know, uh, bring some of those partnerships uh, to life for the Dow. I think they would be pretty cool, uh, but. Uh, I, I think that's really where we need to focus, short to medium term. And then, I as I mentioned, long term. You know, I want to actually play golf. NFTs are cool, but <laughs> yeah. I, need to, I need to I need to be a scratch golfer pretty quick. So uh, that's where uh, that's kind of where I see it. But again, I, I, I'm not on the founding team. I'm I'm an arm's length away. I'm a, a little bit more than a casual observer, I should say. I you know I, I am involved, but um, you know there's there's other people that are really driving the ship. But the so, cool thing is, like we have Twitter Spaces, it's basically like a, a Zoom call. You can raise your hand, say something, and they're always open-minded, answer questions, all that kind of stuff. So, it's cool to cool to kind of see that happening.
0: Right. So, um, with the 11 million that was raised, and sure, I understand that it was purchased, you know, through crypto. Is it kept in some uh, entity? Where it can grow, say, like, all right, I don't know if I'm making sense by saying this. Like, is it in something that by market volatility, that 11 million could be worth 22
1: million by the end of the year? Um, so in ours, no. Um, so what we so when you mint NFTs, for the most part, you're paying the Ethereum. Uh, Ethereum is a volatile asset, uh, yeah. a crypto asset. It was like 4,000, 4,500 a couple months ago. And now it's trading around like 2,800 to take. So half. So in your example, it's go, could it go, could something like that go from 11 to 22 million? Yes, but if, you know, we had not, so we basically sold it for a uh, dollar, uh, dollar denominated, what they call stable coin. USDC is what it is. So it's basically a one-to-one mm-hmm. for the dollar. To protect um, Protect ourselves, right? Because if we didn't, that 11 would be worth like six now, right? so it cuts both ways um so we we went into the stable coin route now there's ways you could plug that into some of these uh you know crypto protocols to earn yield and things like that where we could start generating yield on the treasury uh on the treasury uh which is probably smart i mean you can get like three four percent base layer and usdc yield some places and that's that's pretty good on 11 million bucks you know, <laughs> right 400 <laughs> grand right the yeah that'll cover the bar tabs or whatever um, but i think for each DAO, it's different i mean i see some DAOs that are here of some DAOs that are you know they're basically going all out right they're yield farming picking up yield investing in different cryptos all that kind of stuff other ones are more conservative like ours so i think it really depends uh on on who's running the show uh, in a lot of ways but i mean that's so different than what you see in a reg- in the regular world like in a corporation mm-hmm. some are very conservative and then you got micro strategy with uh, Michael Saylor, who's basically put the entire balance sheet in Bitcoin. So it it, it really depends.
0: Well, and that's why I asked, because like you see a lot of athletes yeah. now taking their contracts in Bitcoin. And I saw something the other day. Sure. I, didn't, I didn't fact check it, but Odell yeah. Beckham, his contract is pennies on the dollar compared to what he signed for, for what Bitcoin was worth at the time to
1: yeah. what it's worth
0: now. And I wonder if going forward, people are going to think twice about that as opposed to it'll only go up forever. Uh, You know, I, I wonder if people's mindset's going to change on that.
1: Yeah. So from my standpoint and I'm, you know, who am I to tell, uh, you know, Odell Beckham or anybody else what to do with their (laughs) money. But if your liabilities are in dollars, you know, you're paying rent in dollars, your mortgage in dollars, you know, whatever he's doing with his money in dollars, take it in dollars. And if you want to buy Bitcoin, then go buy it. You know, unless somebody's paying you, you know, they're going to give me a million dollars and in, uh, in cash or the other option is I'll take a million and a half of Bitcoin. Then it makes, probably makes sense to go Bitcoin. But if you're going to get paid the same amount, unless, you know, it's a marketing scheme, really, in that sense, I would, I would take the dollars. I don't think that's the the right play. So, so I know we kind of touched upon this a little bit earlier, but before we, um,
0: let you go why don't you yeah. tell people how like if they want to get involved or even if they can't get yeah. involved but they just want to get more information find out more sure. do some more research i know you mentioned that you you wrote your article and i'll put a link to it um
1: yeah in our show notes but like how can people get more involved and learn more yeah totally yeah i think uh i think so for links now in general i can uh pass along the, the the Twitter channel and the Discord uh, for you guys to link as well if people are excited about it. And then I can get a, uh, I can also pass along the OpenSea link where people can go in and, and, and buy the NFT if they, they wish to do so, if they really want to get involved. Um, so I think just jumping in there and starting to get familiarized with that in general is probably the best way to go about it. Uh, and if you're in the Discord, start reaching out to people. People love to talk about it. People love the chat. They want get, to uh, get people involved. Um, start joining the Twitter spaces that they put on um almost weekly with updates on what's going on with the dow and things like that so it's just get involved as involved as you can and then I'm going to be somewhat of an evangelist here for crypto because uh it's close to my heart but uh in my wallet <laughs> but <laughs> i think the thing with crypto that keeps people away is you know everything is so unique and there's you know big terms and you know blockchain and DAOs and all this kind of stuff. And I understand that it could be for most people a little bit uh, uh, overwhelming in a lot of ways. My advice is if you're interested in a a DAO and in golf and crypto, this is a great place to start. But if you have other interests or just want to learn about crypto in general or DAOs or what have you, just start getting involved. Start talking to people. I message, I DM people on Twitter who, you know we had interactions with and have met with them. And uh, it's led to some really interesting conversations. in, in a lot of different ways. So start getting involved, start asking people things, start, you know, buy your first Ethereum or your NFT or whatever, right? Uh, however you want to get involved, if you're interested in it, just start doing it. I, I think that's really the most important thing. The only real way you learn is is by doing it in my, my opinion. Um, so I think that's that's just one piece of advice I'd leave people is it's a really open community. Uh, if you are interested, you know, reach out. People are people are I always happy to talk.
0: That's awesome. Well, um, dude, I'm really glad you were able to come on. This is obviously super interesting. Yeah. I hope we can have you on in yeah, like for sure. six to 12 months so you can talk about how much more Linkstown has blown up. But yeah, and also- I hope
1: so too. Yeah, for sure. And I appreciate you guys uh, having me on. Um, it's, this has been uh, super cool. So uh, thank you both. Uh, Kev, see you soon. Uh, Brian, hopefully you can make it out uh, to one of our golf trips out here too. It'd be uh, great to meet you meet you in person. Brian's Absolutely. supremely jealous. He's not making it to the PGA Championship. I, we'll be I, there.
0: I was gonna hop into Kevin's carry-on and just you know, <laughs> scalp a ticket. I figured it's not gonna be that hard. I'll I'll pay the inflated price like I would from the Links Dow. But you know it is what it is.
1: Yeah, it is. Well, hopefully you took your salary in uh, in dollars and not bitcoins. You could still afford it.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Smarter than Odell Beckham Jr. That's the first yeah, time. Yeah, he, he won't that. be there.
1: He won't be there. Although I did see Steph Curry at the US Open this year and Tory Pine. So maybe some uh, some cool people will be there.
0: Oh, I for bet sure. there's gonna be a good turnout this this weekend
1: for sure. Yeah. People love you out there. All right, gents. Great. We'll have fun. All right, yeah. Thanks again, dude. Talk to you soon. Yeah, absolutely. Talk to you guys. Take care.
0: Take Bye it yeah. easy. All right, guys. That was our interview with Matt DeCosta. Hope you enjoyed that. We will catch you next week. Have a good one, guys. I'm Brian Ackley. I'm Kevin O'Coin. This has been Life in the Rough, the podcast. We'll catch you next week. See ya. Woo!